Welcome back to Beyond the Tavern Wall, a podcast where we, your tavern keepers, enhance your adventures through divine means this time by talking about all things Dungeons and Dragons. I'm your host, Brayden Figgins, and I'm joined by the amazing and awesome, and I think I'm running out of adjectives, oh my gosh, how do you say that word? Adjectives to, to call these guys at this point as we're what 17 episodes in at this point at this point but the amazing and awesome co-host that i love so much we're to start out with sam introduce yourself and just do another quick line hi i'm sam i still like cheese Haley. i'm Haley. that's it <laughs> all right and then passing it over to kendall um i'm kendall and i'm excited for this episode and Hunter. Hi, I'm Hunter, and clerics are more useful than I ever realized. And with that spoiler right there, which we absolutely love, is a perfect gateway into today's episode. Once again, I'm Brayden Figgin- Figgins. Oh my gosh, I almost said another word. Uh, let me, let me say it. Nope. Once again, <laughs> nope. No, I won't. I almost replaced a vowel, so no. All right. Once again, I'm Brayden Figgins, and we are going to talk about today. Another class discussion all about the divine and holy warriors that are clerics. Now, clerics, for those who don't know, are kind of like the, I, I said it a few times now, but the divine and holy warriors, your priests, your missionaries, your uh, evangelical class in Dungeons and Dragons. Their, their class is solely focused around the power that they receive from the divine being that they worship whether that be a god, a lesser deity, or whatever, whatever the heck you want to flavor it as, because that's the beauty of, of D&D, is you can do whatever you want. So, we first want to thank our sponsors, because I forgot to do that. Thank you, not our sponsors, we don't, we don't have sponsors. Uh, we want to thank everyone who's directly supporting the podcast. Beth, thank you so much um, for supporting us, appreciate that a ton. Um, and thank you guys for listening in. We we enjoy it. We we go over do a few things before we we record. And before recording this, we saw how how much love we've been getting recently, and we appreciate that a ton. So thank you guys so much. Um, but without further ado, we're gonna jump into the, to, to clerics. And I think the first thing we want to talk about is what are the stereotypes of clerics? A cleric is just a paladin that's way into the religious part. Okay, buddy. I'm sorry, I had to say it. I had to say it. It's true. Sam and I have this rivalry thing sort of going on. He plays a paladin, I play a cleric. So he is probably going to dunk on clerics. Well, not dunk clerics? on, dump on them. Clerics are just paladins that actually go to church on Sunday and can be <laughs> honest about it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I agree with that, brother. <laughs> That's my stereotype. That's from someone who hasn't played D&D very long. So there we go. There, you can no, the heck alone. Understandable, understandable. Um, we, we'll go into a little bit and we'll roast you completely for that uh, stereotype because boo. Uh, Hunter, it sounds like you have something to say, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not necessarily that I would agree with Sam, but one of, one of the big stereotypes... Um, that I, I I feel like I'm a bit guilty of thinking um, is that clerics are just supposed to be your dedicated healers. That's all they're really supposed to do during combat and out of combat. And yeah. May I introduce place clerics? May I introduce Guiding Bolt? Yeah, I know. For those of you who have listened to the one shot, you will see that I honestly I found out that I was wrong and that I can actually do a lot more as a cleric. Their channel divinity is insane, actually, for uh, for combat and other role playing mechanics as well. We'll yeah. talk about channel divinity later, but yeah, they have a yeah, lot of different tools. There, we'll have a lot of different tools. Um, I agree with that. They're hundred percent seen well with how they're made. They're kind of like the ideal healing class, though. Yes, like, they are. They're the ideal healing class, but people think that they are only and solely built for healing. Haley's character is not built for healing. Haley, have I don't you been... think I've 
ever healed anyone. Exactly. <laughs> Lyria has not healed a soul, okay? And they are in hell right now. <laughs> that, that, that sounds pretty right. I mean, I'm a ranger, and I'm pretty sure I've healed more times than she has. I don't know if we've really had a ton of combat. Going on. Yeah, she's got mm. a lot of other crap going on. Um, Cringe. I think another one is is just that the the religious zealot of it all, just the what you were saying, Sam, of them being the the ones solely devoted to their god, being the ones that are going to church and can truthfully say about that. That's another big stereotype: is that they are just your purely and wholly religious person. Is it yeah. a stereotype? If I'm right, I mean, I mean yes, yes. Well, okay, yeah. let's let's look at it this way. Um the cleric that you have spent the most time with is mine. And she is a stereotype. Right? Cuz I don't I don't play fair. her. I don't play her. This is going to make me sound really unoriginal, but she is not a unique uniquely flavored cleric. She's not like the other clerics. It's because no, it's your is. first That's character. Bass is your first that. character. Yeah, she is. What are you saying, Sam? What? I didn't say anything. Well, you just wanted to say something. Yeah, I just wanted to say she's not like the other clerics. She's not. She's not. But she's she not like the other is, clerics. Um, what else? What else? Um... I feel like the big ones are the healers and the religious zealots. I'm trying to think of other, other ones. Like judgmental. Judge, judgmental, maybe. I feel like a lot of people see them as, since they're supposed to be like these, these pious, holy people, that they're kind of like goody two-shoes. Yeah, definitely. Which is definitely not always the case. I think that comes into the problem of like, just how like that just like you're saying that stereotype allow doesn't allow people to go past that and people just don't understand like the ability you have as the amount of versatility you have as a cleric is insane when it comes down to it we're gonna we're gonna talk about critical role real fast again critical role lara bailey's character in campaign two jester was an insane concept for a cleric she kind of hit those things of like the like the overzealous zealot, I'll say, to, to do a play on words, ha ha he he hoo hoo. Um, but her god wasn't necessarily like one of the main pantheon gods. It was, in a sense, she made that person a god, which was super cool. And I, I think we should say as well, these stereotypes aren't wrong. Like they're not bad to play as because they're very com they're comfortable. All that we're just letting you know these are the stereotypes so that if you want to build a cleric you can follow that or you can kind of go off your own beaten path and be unique and different and be like a hipster you know yeah <laughs> and also like if you you can play the stereotype but also you can start with the stereotype and sort of grow from there which will help you with the character arc too it's true yeah your your the stereotypes can give you a great base for it and then you build off that base with the help of your DM um, and yourself, your own imagination to create a unique and I guess just a unique cleric or class or a story for your character. Um, I remember one, I, we're kind of going off on off of stereotypes, but I think this is a, a fair, a fair topic to discuss with this. Um, when we, in my very first campaign we were running, we were running the module curse of Strahd and I had a cleric who, um, her god was the one that we had made up together, um, is actually one of the gods of my world, but there's a whole connection, I won't go into that. But she, as a joke, not as a joke, but like trying to deceive the other, the, the bad guys were like, oh, I've renounced my god. And then I was like, ooh, you renounced your god? Even if you weren't meaning it, this big bad guy is going to take over a little bit and he's going to become your new patron, your new God that you, you use your cleric powers from. So just kind of a unique twist on that. She was the overzealous uh, missionary and then became a, a follower, not a follower, but was forced to follow 
this person in order to use any of her powers. I think so. let's 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 kind of go off that though. What are some unique um, clerics that you have played with, or like backstories that you think would be fun to use as a cleric? Hmm. Haley, don't fall asleep on us. I'm trying so hard. <laughs> I'm really struggling. You're good. I have an idea, ladies and gents. Sam. I would love to see a cleric that completely renounces the magical side of their their powers. They try to heal people in the in the like the most scientific and physical way possible. So it's almost like their god is science itself. Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Albert Einstein. Albert is Einstein my, is my is my god. <laughs> okay. I don't That's know. All, I, I just think that would be hilarious. That would be so funny. I agree. I agree with you. It's hilarious. Laugh. Ha ha ha. He hoo hoo ha. Like a surgeon right out in the middle of a, a, like a magical battle and he's still just denying all of it. Just like it's a trick of the lights. It's not a real fireball. Oh, <laughs> what if you um go off of like a hacksaw ridge kind of deal where your cleric Ooh. doesn't do any like doesn't Ooh. hurt anyone is only there to heal and be the medic. Ooh, that's cool. I like that. I feel like that would be tons of fun to do. It'd be so difficult because a lot of encounters are based off of, you know, your ability to do damage almost at like, and your ability to implement, I don't know, even clerics, even though they're like, you know, your quote unquote healers, they still can do damage. Again, like Kendall mm -hmm. said, guiding bolt. Um, but don't they have like a really wide variety of, of magical smites as well. Um, not as much as paladins. Hmm, interesting. But here's you the thing. <laughs> the difference between paladins and clerics is that paladins do not have to make an oath to a god. Paladins are oaths to a, a king, the open sea, to whatever they feel is um, right to make an oath to. And basically it's from that oath that they gain their power. I've been watching Game of Thrones recently, and the, the, um, oh, the watchers, I think, the people who watch the wall, um, I forgot their name. Shoot, we were literally just watching it. But it, they're basically paladins because they make an oath to defend that wall and to defend the south from whatever is, like, on the other side of the wall. That is their oath. That is why they are paladins. I could see them as rogues, but they are, like, paladins because they make that oath, but it's not because they get their power from a god. Yeah, but with clerics, you have a higher being, some something that is supernatural or something more powerful than you that you are devoting and you are pledging to that you get the power from, which I think is really interesting role play wise, because then you have this relationship that you need to maintain in order to still have magic. Okay. Let's move on from like stereotypes and that, and let's go towards main features. What are some of the main features that make clerics unique uh, compared to all the other classes? Lots of healing. That's the obvious one. <laughs> uh, teacher, I'll be quiet for the rest of class now. Channel divinity is yeah, channel this divinity. big one. But another one which I actually really love and could be really useful in some encounters um is the the turn undead which is it's a part of channel divinity but it's one that's universal for whatever uh subclass you go with mm -hmm. yeah i just used turned undead in our last um session and it yep. was fun yep and you got rid it of most really of the skeletons well. yep yeah and i helped out the party a whole lot so yeah. you're welcome and now a giant plant monster maybe thing is gonna come and kill you Wait, it's a plant monster? It's like the plant? vines were moving. Oh, spoilers. You didn't tell us that. I said the you vines said the ground began... started. I said the vines. I said the vines. Hey, it's two on one here. Yeah, but I'm the DM, so I said the vines. Get wrecked, nerds. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he retconned it in, in live time. Everywhere. Yeah, I retconned everything, brother. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, Channel Divinity, Turn Undead, the healing. Um, and also a big thing is how many subclasses they have. Oh, so many. Yeah. I think they have the most. 
Besides so. wizards. Wizards are up there, but I think clerics still beat them. Okay, let me do some let me do some uh uh counting real fast. You guys talk. What are some other main features? I'm gonna go count. Uh going a little bit further with turn undead, it also can evolve into destroy undead, which I also mm-hmm. gotta use in the recent one shot. Yeah. Which- I know. But go oh, listen. So- go listen to. Go listen to. It's great. Sorry, Haley. Didn't know you'd be. Didn't know you'd be salty about that. It's fine. I killed you. <laughs> Did you? Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's it's a cool feature. It improves as you continue to level up. But the ability to destroy potentially a large amount of undead within a radius of you, and save potentially just a lot of damage from coming to your teammates expending spells and other features it, it saves a lot of time so depending on how much undead can fit in that sphere it's potentially an uncapped amount of damage no if if it's so the way that it works is that destroy undead depending on what cleric level you are uh if that undead creature is below a certain challenge rating it will just destroy them instantly like, you don't need to... There's no damage with uh, Turn Undead anyway. Oh. Um, another cool feature is Divine Intervention. Oh, yes. Ooh. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. What is Divine Inter- Intervention, Haley? We're going to keep you awake. <laughs> Thanks. <Yeah. laughs> um, so, basically, it's you asking your deity for help. You describe like what you want them to help you with and then you roll a percentile dice and if you roll the number equal to or lower than your cleric level then your god intervenes and help and like helps you with whatever you ask it's literally dad come pick me up i'm scared Exactly. <laughs> Which I gotta be honest, I'm still really salty that I was off by one in the one shot. I'm, I'm curious how that would have changed everything. Yeah, me too. That would have been a short one shot. Yeah, for real. What What were you trying to do again? Uh, I I was gonna ask my God to interrupt the ritual. One shot's over. Yeah, that was I, I would have. <laughs> broken two different encounters then it would have just been two hours of us beating up a not child but child oh no I, she she would have gotten wrecked no I, well, we, we wouldn't have killed her what anyway, we have we don't know what she was have, affected by burn down so. the house anyway uh what's also cool about divine intervention is that if your campaign ever goes to level 20 um you it, it automatically works no matter what so really yeah yeah that because seems kind of busted to me it's because you're level busted. 20 level 20 it's busted but you can only use it once a week still yeah once a week to have a god come and help you oh, well, very balanced. it just depends on how the dm flavors it and it also just depends on um what you ask because well, I, I, see this is what i would have done in, if i was Haley in that actually Haley, let me ask you if that were to have, have worked what would you have done in that situation? Oh, jeez. A good question. Who who was your god again? Uh, let me pull it up. Daddy. I, remember. I remember you texted me it, but yeah, Kelimbor. I think it's a Celtic god. Kelimbor? No, um, never heard of. No, that Kelimbor. God of You're death, exp- right? Yes, yes, it's one okay. of, one of the gods of death. Oh, that is. You know, honestly, I think, I don't think he would have helped you stop the ritual because, spoiler alert, um, for all of those who haven't listened to the one shot. Go listen to it. 15 seconds. It's 15 to 30 seconds. Just do 30 seconds if you don't want spoilers. Okay, go. Because the big bad that you guys fought was also a god of death. Ooh, that is true. So I don't think your god would have stopped it. We were fighting your god's girlfriend. Yeah. Yo, <laughs> He's gonna smite me. Mushroom mommy, Ao. <laughs> All right, spoilers over. We're good. Welcome back, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's 
that's actually exactly that's what I thought you would have done yeah. too. Yeah, that, from that, DM that to is... DM, I understand how annoying that is. And for a one shot, you're like, no, this is happening no matter what. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, it's it's true that that would have that's probably what would have happened. But that's why I think it's very important that they specify with uh, divine intervention that it's up to the discretion of the DM because I can't be like, oh, destroy this other god because I asked. Yeah. Boom, it happens. That that just breaks the game. It's not fun. If you've ever listened to the Search for Bob, which is a one shot put on by Critical Role, um, their divine intervention works, and how Matt Mercer played it out is instead of, I think. Uh, Ashley Johnson, her character Pike, asked to hold the 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 Titan back that they were fighting, but um, actually I think she's level twenty, so it automatically worked. Um, and then her God just kind of like like literally just held it back with like chains, and they could like see their God. So it really just depends on, like you said, the discretion of the viewer itself. Um, not the viewer, discretion of the, the viewers. DM. No, um, DM. Okay. <laughs> um, so those are some of the main features. How would you go about building a cleric? What are some like the ability scores? What are some of your favorite spells to have on? You can already just say Toll the Dead. That's fine. Um, but what are some of your favorite ability scores? Like not fa- how would you build one specifically? Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. Yes. What if wisdom. you don't want to? Just kidding. <laughs> well, what, what if you want your cleric to just be like? an absolute idiot and your god's just taking pity on you just a strength-based cleric oh my gosh <laughs> i mean I, that, now that you said that aren't clerics like super beefy like they've got a ton of armor i think they're 1d10 on their hit dice they can have heavy armor yeah, yeah. nice yeah they, they they usually have a tanky ac yeah they are definitely respect that is it 1d8? Am I, it's probably it's a, it's 1d8. Yeah, I'm a d8, dude. Because Paladin is d10. Oh, yep, 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 yep. Right? Yep. So wisdom's your highest. And, you know, I've been thinking a lot recently, is I always feel like top, the second and third are either constitution or dexterity. Like, it's usually your main one and then constitution dexterity. How would you make a cleric in a way that it's not that stereotype in the ability scores? Like, what's another strength. strength? Strength's a good one, yes. Intelligence. Yeah, intelligence is mm. good. Charisma. I would do charisma. Charisma. Yeah. Charisma, charisma for me. And it, and Let it me really seduce just you in the name of my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it really just depends on what you want to, um, how you want to build your character with that. If you want to build them so they're not as... I feel like doing it the wisdom, uh, constitution, dexterity is kind of min maxing in a way, um, which isn't what's bad. Wrong with that? No, I, that's literally okay. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest, Kendall, you're you're screwed for my character in the one shot. Am I? Oh, he has a 19 AC already, and I can get up to 27, but that's besides the point. So, um, <laughs> yep. Uh, and I'm gonna be honest, I rolled really well, but anyway. We all rolled pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. But I should have watched you guys roll. Gosh, hey, dang it. I'll a be hunter honest. watched me just so you know. I did. And I sent them a picture. I promise I was it was my first roll. I made it at work. Anyway. Um I don't know where I was going that. I lost my train of thought. What are some spells? Uh <laughs> guidance. 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 <laughs> guidance. I need to use guidance more. Yes. Uh, what does guidance do for those who don't? I guess we talked about it. No, go listen to our spells episode. Uh, we talked about I, guidance. I don't know what it does. Are you Let's kidding me? Did you listen again. to our? Did you listen to our I'm episode? Stu- I didn't <laughs> listen because I was there. And wow. you think I haven't listened? Wow. Um, a couple of the spells I feel like are a must-have for clerics. I would say healing word is a big one. Oh, for sure. Uh, bless. Cure wounds. Cure wounds. Cure wounds. No. I, I, I could, I no. could give or take it. It's not. I don't think I would usually have it on my prepared spells. But I um, personally think cure wounds is a waste of a spell. If I you're think a cure wounds is good for non-combat use. So, yeah. What what does cure wounds do exactly? Cure it's wounds. a healing spell, but you have to touch them. Yeah, you have to touch them. 
Yeah, where it's healing word, you just have to see them and they have to be within range. The problem with, I have with, like, I, cause I agree, I think healing word is way better. Um, but I think, like, in, in a non combat scenario, I don't want to be using 1d4. I would rather be using 1d8 or whatever it is for, um, for cure wounds. Like, because then yeah. you can heal them up high, heal them up just a lot higher. Um, and you don't have to waste as many spell slots. It's a 1d8 plus your spellcasting modifier compared to Healing Word, which is a 1d4 plus your spellcasting modifier. So it's almost mm. double. Well, it is double. It's, it's, it's true, but I mean, if you're going back to kind of like the combat scenario, Cure Wounds takes an action, no. which sucks. And that's why I'm saying in combat, Healing Word is better. Yeah. Um, but in like after combat, I would not be using uh healing word, I'd be using cure wounds. Yeah. As someone who plays to make sure my, my teammates don't die, I like healing words so then they can stay far away from what's going to kill them. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I give that a ten out of ten. But uh, yeah. I agree. Healing word better. You need like it's almost you need healing spells. Yes. Uh, like at least those two, and then go thematically with what you want. Obviously, if you watch the one shot, you saw that um, our wonderful uh, Aceris. Ferris. Ferris. I keep thinking ASS. My bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ferris had heal, which saved mud a ton. So. Oh my gosh! But what was that like two hundred points of healing? Yeah, it was insane. It was insane. But it was ridiculous. Another one, guiding bolt. Guiding bolt, yes. Guiding bolt. Yes. Guiding bolt does. I love um, guiding bolt. It's so good. Guiding it's bolt so good. is so fun to to use because then you, it it does it does actually a decent amount of damage at higher levels, but then it also gives advantage on the next hit on the next attack. Sorry, not hit. Which, which is, is it, which is just really good. one hit, or is it like the next round of hits? The next next hit. So next one. Yeah. Hit. Oh, okay. So, the next person that hits that. Got it. Got the it. target takes it's a first level spell that does four d six radiant damage. That's Yo. a lot of damage. So that's an average of like fifteen, roughly. Yeah, uh, mm. roughly. And which at first level is insane. Like, like that kills a goblin. Um, and then you give advantage on the next attack roll made against the target. So it helps out a ton there. Um, spiritual weapon. Oh, yeah. Spiritual weapon! Lord, I love spiritual weapon. I need to use it more. Spirit guardians? Spirit guardians? Yes. Guardian of faith? I love guardian of faith. Flame strike? Flame strike? I don't <laughs> I'm just going to read my spell list. Do you I have, have flame my strike? Wait, you have flame strike? Have you used that one? Strike. Not yet, because I haven't used it since we leveled up. Oh. Because it's a fifth level. Oh, okay, okay, okay. What What is Flame Strike? I don't know. I For haven't the viewers, used it. Because I totally know. Yeah. I yeah. haven't used it. I just was doing a bit. Um. So, <laughs> a vertical column of divine fire roars down. Oh, wait. I did this one because I was like, ooh, Moses, pillar of fire. Anyway. Um, a vertical <laughs> column of divine fire roars down from the heavens in a location you specify. Each creature in a 10-foot radius, 40-foot I cylinder centered on a point within range must make a dexterity saving throw. A creature takes 4d6 fire damage and 4d6 radiant damage on a failed save, or half as much damage on a successful one. So basically, you get smoked. You get smoked. Mm -hmm. Yup. Um, I think another, I think an underused one is Beacon of Hope. Ooh. Oh yeah, I... I have wanted to use that a lot, but I just have never gotten the opportunity to. Beacon of Hope is really good. So let's it let's is. do a little bit of reading. Well, what is that one? Yeah, you're just, just gonna have to explain a lot of things for Sam today. No, for the viewers, because you know everything, Sam. Oh, I know. Ever, I've read the player's handbook. Totally. Yeah, yeah you've mm -hmm. read it. You've read it, hundred percent, because you own it. I do. Yep. That should have showed up in the mail today instead of your board games. Anyway, Beacon of Hope. This spell bestows hope and vitality. Choose any number of creatures within range. It's a 30-foot range. Uh, for the duration, each target has advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws and regains the maximum number of hit points possible for any healing. Oh. 
Which yeah. supercharges healing. Yeah. Which then yeah. if you combine that with uh like a life domain cleric. Ooh. They're getting a Ooh. lot of hit points back. Me. Hey, that's me. About that later. Life, hey, that's me. Life domain, they have a ability called um I just had it up and I closed my book because I was like, ah, I, I made my point. I need to close it. What was it? That's a healer. Yep. I remember it. Yep. Where you can add two plus your, uh, oh, where are you, where is spells it? level. Yeah. Plus the spells level to the healing. Mm -hmm. Nice. So then you're just giving the max hit point plus more. If you guys cannot tell, this is my favorite class. <laughs> Nerd. Um, some other spells. I feel like Revivify is a must. Oh, if you oh, have yeah, Revivify sure. in your um spell list and you don't take it, you're a fool. Wait, now I'm worried I don't have you it have in it. my prepared spells. Oh boy, you better have, you have it in your prepared spells for where you are. <laughs> oh, I do. I do. I oh. saw. <laughs> Careful, Ooh. you only have one spell slot left of that, though. Yeah, I only have one third level spell slot. Gosh, dang. Uh, luckily, you can guess that higher, so. Um, um, what other ones? Uh, I, I really like Banishment. Yes. Ooh. Ooh, I've never heard of that one. What does that do? Ooh, I thought I've talked about it with you before. We were strategizing before the one shot. I don't remember. I'm so sorry. I even no. know what this is. I'm a smarty. Okay, Anyways. there's like five classes that can use it, so that's probably why. Banishment uh, makes it. Sorry, go ahead, Haley. You. I was gonna say you attempt to send a creature that you can see to another plane of existence, and they have to make a charisma saving throw. I do remember this now. That's busted. See, because I wanted good. to use it on the big bad boss in our one shot, but then I was like, hmm probably has legendary resistance and it's got a freaking juiced modifier it's meta not knowledge. It did. meta knowledge anyway was it meta knowledge if i was guessing and not if i didn't know yeah he was coming to a conclusion what would a ceres do a ferris do he would have known that he's fighting a freaking god and that You're it's right. probably not gonna work i think a demon <laughs> lord but uh anyway um banishment as well clarification on that is um it so you have it's you if the character is from the plate of existence you're on if the person you're banishing is that they go away for one minute once that minute ends they come back to the spot they were occupying before if they are not from the plane that you are on the plane of existence i should say um they go back and if you can hold concentration for a minute they stay there mm -hmm. forever yep <laughs> um any other ones before we go on? Um, this um, one's kind of, it's, it's utility, uh, but commune. Commune's good. Yeah. Commune. It's commune very is good. nice. Just being able to go to your deity and ask him uh, how many questions is it? Hang on, I'm pulling that three, up. Three, questions. three questions. Three. Have to be Why answered yes three? or no. It's not always three. There's other things that are. Isn't speak with undead five questions? Speak with dead. It's a. What is it in the D&D movie? Isn't it like four or five? It's five. Something. I don't remember. But that might not be accurate to the game. Hang on, I'm pulling it up. Oh, guys, I think we forgot uh, the most important cantrip. Or cleric. Call the dead. No, sacred Tom. flame. Sacred flame! It's, oh, it's, gosh, a cleric right. it's a cleric exclusive. And yeah, that true. saves my butt a lot. I don't think I have it. I know what that is. That's the one so, where, yeah. It, I'll say it, sorry. So flame-like radiance, so it's not actually flames, it's radiance, descends on a creature that you can see within range. The target must a succeed. A, sure. <laughs> the target must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or take 1d8 radiant damage. The target gains no benefit from cover or for the saving throw. Um, and then the damage um, increases by a d8 when you reach 5th level, 11th level, and 17th level. Yeah, oh, go so up that eventually level. does a lot. 4d8, yeah. it's decent. And but just, still, it's a cantrip. Yeah. For a cantrip, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Just just confirming, speak with dead is five questions. Okay. Um, Haley, you had a few that you're going to say, and then we'll move on. I did. I thought you were going did to say you? something. No, I said 
I said I don't think I have sacred flame for Lyria, but I do. I just checked. Oh, well. I wanted now to you're forced it. to say something because I said that. Um, Crusader's mantle. What the fetch is that mantle. one? What the fetch? You don't know what that, that is. Amazing. Ooh, I want that one though. That's holy like character. Holy power radiates from you in an aura with a thirty-foot radius, awakening boldness and friendly creatures until the spell ends. The aura moves with you, centered on you, and while in this, each non-hostile creature in this area, including you, deals an extra 1d4 radiant damage when it hits with its weapon attack. I had never heard about that. Lyria it, has it, and I've been waiting to use it. Yeah, it's for be... paladin. It says it's for paladins. Oh, it, maybe... Your war domain. I think, yeah, I get it with war domain. Oh, You're right. Uh, Scratch I was like, that. I would have used that. I would have. That is so in character. So War Domain sounds like something I would do if I was ever forced to play Paladin just from the name. So I hope to hear more about that later. Well, no, it's a, it's a cleric. It's a cleric. Yeah, I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Oh, wait, if I was forced to play cleric, did I say Paladin? Yeah, I didn't, paladin. that's embarrassing, bro. Because I only play Paladin. Leave me alone. That's really embarrassing, Cringe. dude. Cleric and Paladins are like twins, I think. Yeah, two sides of the same coin when it gets comes invited to, role to more parties. They're yeah. fraternal twins, not identical. Uh, okay, fine. They're siblings. <laughs> the cleric um, and the cooler cleric. Moving on. Let's go. Subclasses. What is your favorite? So they're called the subclasses called domains. Um, why they're called domains? Anyone have that pulled up? No. I'm going to force you guys to pull it up because I'm too lazy. I I got it. I don't have the player's handbook, handbook, so am I exempt? No, you have to. You have to go buy a player's handbook right now to do it. We'll wait till it arrives. Yep. All right, go ahead. <laughs> what um. Is, yeah. It's called a domain because it's based on the aspect of life or civilization that their deity has influence over. So if you were to. Zeus, like Zeus could be a god of the tempest, or to Eris, because Eris is the god, uh, she's the goddess of fertility, she's the goddess of frats, right? Uh, fertility, yeah. right? Who? Uh, Hera? 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 Yeah, Hera. Yes, fertility, yes. marriage, and family. Yeah, so she would be like life domain or light domain. Um, but favorite, let's go favorite first, and then we'll talk about best. Um, so I'll just say the one I play because I think it's pretty fun. Uh, Life Domain, which is the most generic domain you can do, but it's still really good. Um, That's the one I wanted to talk about. Are you just going to roast it? No, I was going to say as a martial character, I love getting that healing. Okay. <laughs> so let me go find a new one. <laughs> no, you're good. You, you can have that life. You have the same one. You can have yeah. the same one. Okay, okay, okay. I'll stick with that. Yeah. So, um, I like life because mainly for role playing purposes. Uh, just my character is very much a uh, not really a surrogate mother, but she mothers people for sure. Um, and they get drunk on the weekend. Yeah, because you as know, a being a mo- as, as a single mother, you know, it's hard. Uh, but uh, just just being there for my other party members and healing them brings me joy. Um, I need to be better at role playing it that way, though. But anyway, this isn't about my character. But uh, life domain, they are one of the best healer domains. So if you do want to go to the uh, stereotypical cleric, I would suggest. Like, if you really want to be the designated healer, I would suggest Life Domain. Anything you want to add to that, Sam? Lots of healing. I like to hit things, and things hit back. So when they hit back, it's good to have someone with a box of Band-Aids. Yeah, I have Toy Story Band-Aids for my party. Which is cool, I guess, but I like the dinosaur ones more. (laughs) Yeah, Life Domain's the, the premier healing domain. Mm-hmm. It's cool. It's cool. It's I cool. like it. I agree. It is pretty basic, though. It's hey. not a bad thing, though. No, Bast is a basic not. white girl. I guess. 
She's not white. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Cutting that part out. Um, <laughs> no, that's that's just like if you like pumpkin spice lattes from Starbucks, you're 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 basic. Yeah, healing and Bass people. Would like that. Yes, she would. But healing people, helping people, apparently that's basic. Basic. So. We don't care about that stuff. Anyway, uh, Hunter and Haley, what are you guys' favorites? Um, I, I chose this one because it's what I played in the one shot. Ferris is a cleric of the Grave Domain. Um, it's I honestly I love a lot of its features. It's a really cool one. A lot of it has to do with the uh, kind of balancing and changing things that are right at the line between like life and death. Um, one of the one of the big ones is Sentinel at Death's Door, which I know Haley loves. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that is, you could just tell from that sound. It's her favorite thing, and she loved when I used it during the one shot. <laughs> so quick explanation uh, for Sentinel at Death's Door. Uh, you get the ability to use your reaction uh, for a creature within 30 feet of you. If they are hit with a with a crit or a critical hit, you can cancel that and make it just a normal hit. Oh yeah. How you, many times can you use that? You can use it uh, a number of times equal to your wisdom modifier, and you regain all those uses after a long rest. And how many of them did you have to use on me? Uh, I used all five of mine, so. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> um. I played a one-shot on Halloween, and I rolled just as good as I did with your guys' one-shot. I don't know what has been going on lately. You have way to die, I'm calling it. I use different <laughs> dice. Cringe. You have, like, a hidden rolling technique, and you need to teach us. <laughs> he no. knows how to roll a natural 20. It's all, it's all on the wrist. Yeah, the, the other two features of this subclass that I like is... The, the basic one that you get right when you take it is called Circle of Mortality. Um, and what it does is that whenever one of your allies is hit, is like at zero hit points, uh, when you hit them with a healing spell, it does the max amount of healing. So oh, it's, nice. it's really useful for getting people up and back into the fire pretty quickly. Um, but it also lets you learn the Spare the Dying cantrip and makes it ranged and used as a bonus action. So keeping people alive is is a big part. Yeah, of, I feel like grave domain is keeping people from dying, and life domain is keeping people just up, like oh, you keeping them healthy. Yeah, you can also usher people to the grave, like the channel divinity path to the grave. I used it incorrectly. Thankfully, it didn't do too terribly much. Um, but you can burn a channel divinity to. Uh, mark a creature within 30 feet of you and the next time that uh, somebody hits it with an attack roll that's the well it says an attack which it should be the key feature that I misread um, it has vulnerability to all of the damage so it's technically well not even technically it is it's better than a crit so all the damage that you deal to it is doubled including the the modifiers the roll dice all of that it's doubled and it's big Imagine if you crit off that. That's four, oh, four times, depending on how you do crits. Damage. Um, huge. That's a lot of damage. Haley, what's your uh, favorite? Okay, so I have two favorites that are tied. I I literally cannot pick between them. One because I'm a combat girly, and two just because of the way that I am. And when I tell them to you, you will understand. So the first one is the War Domain, mm -hmm. um, which... Shocker. <laughs> yeah, shocker. Um, and the first thing you get is called War Priest. So when you use an attack action, you can use your bonus action to make another attack, which um, is awesome. And you can use that feature um, number of times equal to your Wisdom modifier. And their channel divinity is called... So they have Guided Strike and War God's Blessing. Guided Strike, um, you can gain plus 10 bonus to your roll 
and you can make this choice after you see the roll, but before you know if the attack hits or misses. And then um, War God's Blessing, you can grant that plus 10 to somebody else. Oh. But they have to be within 30 feet of you, but still. It's insane still. Yeah, mm. exactly. And Can we guess um, your second one? Yeah. Uh, Death Cleric. Oh my gosh, how did you know? I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say That's Forge crazy. Domain. Death Domain. I don't know. It's almost like, like we're friends. <laughs> That's insane. Why is it a um, Death Domain? I love their channel, Divinity. It's called Touch of Death. And um, you deal extra necrotic damage to the target, which is five plus twice your cleric level. Oh, shoot. Yeah. And then um, there's also inescapable destruction, which means um, necrotic damage dealt by your cleric spell list um, becomes more potent and it ignores if someone is resistant to necrotic damage. It just counts as their necrotic damage. All the dead, baby. Yeah, exactly. Also, just like the vibes of Death Domain, I think is fun. Um, and, yeah. Well, yeah. My favorite one is Twilight Domain. And I'm not just saying that because Kendall just posted that in the Discord. My favorite one is, I was going to say this anyway, Twilight Domain is my favorite because, I don't know, it's, it's kind of dope. Just something called Twilight Domain. I feel like if you put Twilight in front of anything, it's kind of just a dope thing no matter what. Um, but Twilight's also, a book. Oh, except the book. Yeah, you're in front of something. They didn't have anything Did after you? it, so therefore it doesn't count. Twilight Sparkle mean? is the main character on My Little Pony. Oh, I don't know who Twilight is. Okay. Just knows that at the top of your head. Twilight I have a Zone. Four years old. <laughs> anyway, Twilight Ninja Domain Turtles guy over has here. the ability, no matter what, like they can use this as many times as they want in a day. Um, can just give someone advantage on uh, their um, initiative rolls. They just, so we have one of our, he used to play in our Monday night group, but every time he would use this, it's called Vigilant Blessing. He'd be like, be careful, little one. And uh, always give that, and it was really fun. Um, we miss you. Yeah, Twilight Sanctuary is really good. Uh, it's a 30-foot, it's their channel divinity, so within a 30-foot radius, um, you grant temporary hit points equal to 1d6 plus your cleric level. And you end one effect on it, causing it to be charmed or frightened. So basically, you're just re-upping 1d6 plus like temporary hit points every single start of the person's turn, which is insane. Um, Twilight Shroud is really good because then it gives like half cover to everyone within your Twilight Sanctuary Channel Divinity spell. Uh, Twilight Domain is just a super duper fun spell. I like it a lot. Do you guys like it? You better like it. I do like that one. Yeah. I've never heard of it, but I give it a 10 out of 10. It's in a, it's in, it's not in the player's handbook. It's in the supplement one called Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. It's, it's fun. The ones that came out in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything are way too strong. In my opinion, they're the top two cleric, like in power domains Braden, i'm i'm gonna tell you this right now the only D D book i've read was that minecraft one that they released for some I know, reason i know I, even then i only glossed over it here's the thing sam i wasn't saying that for you okay <laughs> i wanted to feel special i was, saying that, for, you, sam. I was saying that for uh, it should for be it would make else. life more fun for me okay what's the best domain though I think it depends on what way you want to play your cleric. Yeah, there, there's you arguments want to be... for all of them. No. Yeah. The correct answer was peace domain. This was mm. a quiz and you all failed. Mm. Really? Yes. Because I'm on RPGbot.net. Oh. And that 
as I was reading it to prepare, I believe is an orange. Is it? Oh, no, that was something else. I'm no, sorry. it's it's okay. <laughs> Channel divinity bomb of peace as an action. You can move up to your speed without provoking opportunity attacks. And when you move within five feet of any other creature during this action, you gain you can restore a number of hit points to that creature equal to 2d6 plus your wisdom modifier. So you can just run by someone and give them an average of um, 10 hit points just like that. Protective bond. When, when a creature affected by your emboldening bond, which I'll read that real fast then, you can forge emboldening bond among people who are at peace with one another. As an action, you can choose a number of willing creatures within 30 feet of you, including yourself, Equal to your proficiency bonus. You create a magical bond among them for 10 minutes or until you use this feature. With any bonded creature is within 30 feet of another, the creature can roll a D4 and add the number roll to an attack roll, ability check, or a saving throw. Each creature can add a D4 no more than once per turn. So, it's basically just bless on steroids. Protective bond... When a creature affected by your bolting bond feature is about to take damage, a second bonded creature within 30 feet of the first can use its reaction to teleport to an unoccupied space within five feet of the first creature. The second creature then takes all the damage instead. Expansive bond. Okay, you guys want to keep going? Okay. <laughs> Expansive Go bond. The benefits of your emboldening bond and protection bond feature now work with creatures that are within 60 feet of each other. Moreover, when a creature uses protective bond to take someone else's damage, the creature has resistance to that damage. Ooh. I rest my case. I expect my money in the mail. Uh, moving on. Just kidding. What, 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 what do you guys think are the best ones? I think the Peace Domain. Forge. Cleric. Forge is good. Why, why do you I say think, that? I don't know. I just, I just remember saying I don't know what it is, really. It's cool. Okay. Fair enough. I think War Domain. War Domain's good. War Domain sounds fun. It's very fun. That's what Lyria is. Life Domain, because I'm loyal. I feel like War Domain and Life Domain are like the opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to how you want to play your, your cleric. It really is. Mm. I would love for Lyria and Bass to meet. I would too. Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. Too bad we're in hell, huh? Ayo. <laughs> hey, we're in somewhere that's like that. Too bad yeah, we, we are. True. Believe. Emphasis uh, on the word like. <laughs> we're actually there. You know, <laughs> I have ferrofluid in my arm. Kill issue. Yep. I, I think we need to do a, a maybe like a special episode or something, like get a patron going and we talk about the uh, our campaigns. Yeah, fun. I like that. Whether idea. it's on podcast or we we put it on Patreon or whatever it is. So, anyway, any other like best domains? Um, I'm gonna stay loyal to my pick. I still think Grave Domain is. An Grave awesome Domain's pick. good. I feel like Claire yeah, has. I'm... Go ahead. I'm I'm just gonna stay loyal with Life Domain. I feel like clerics have a pretty solid all around domain subclass. Yeah, like there's not there are some that aren't great, but then there is a lot that are good. Mm-hmm. Like everyone that you said, I I agree is insanely insanely good. Um, I feel like clerics are one of the most well-rounded classes, just in general too. Like yeah. in balance, I feel like this one talking about clerics and pop culture. If we want to put celebrities or anything like that, if we like. If we don't take it down like a religious path and talk about like the Pope or anything like Dang, that. See the Pope. Uh, so I think the Pope would be a cleric. 100%. So what are some clerics <laughs> in pop culture? <laughs> this this was mm. a difficult one. Now, characters and shows yeah. or celebrities. Here, let's any, Google it. Any actor or actress that's been in Grey's Anatomy, Scrubs, any doctor related mm. show whatsoever, they're a cleric now. Mm, no. We're talking yeah. about their characters, though. I feel like you, the actors themselves aren't. Jack Black is a bard. Yes. Like, he himself is a bard. He plays bard characters, but Grey in Grey's Anatomy is not a cleric. Nah. She's whiny. Nah. One, th- this one I feel like is kind of obvious, but Mercy from Overwatch. Yeah. 
yeah. cleric. Mm-hmm. You well, she has a gun. You sure she's not a ranger? She's a war domain cleric, okay, with the gun. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, war domain might work well Probably. with her uh, with her ability to amplify damage. Huh. War mm. domain or life domain? Probably more life, in my opinion. I feel like you could go with any support in Overwatch as a cleric. Yeah. Not any. Most supports. Um, what are this one's really difficult. It really is. If you don't want to take um, it in the religious route, like obviously the Pope could be considered cleric. Um mm-hmm. I did She Ra. She never watched She Ra, so I don't know I don't know. She Ra from the You don't know who She Ra is? No. What what is it from? Yeah. She-Ra and the Princesses of Power? You don't TV know? Show. It's a TV show. I've, it was from like the 80s. That's why I've never heard of it. Heard, heard of it. I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. She um, is like, when someone says cleric, she is immediately what I think of. Just let me, I'm going to send you a picture of her. You don't even need to know anything about her. I'm going to send this picture and you're going to be like, cleric. Um, what's, let's do this. What is a Lord of the Rings character that you would say is a cleric? Ooh. Because I'm thinking Arwen. Arwen, probably, yeah. She's the closest one that you'll get to a cleric. Yeah. Um, there's... I have one, but I don't know if a lot of people will know it. Um, got two very obscure ones. Uh, I got uh, her name is El- Eliza. Um, from. No, not Eliza, Elisa, sorry, from the uh, Girl of Fire and Thorn series. She's the main character. She's a really good example of a cleric. She uh, she is. Basically, her whole life has been dedicated to a god. So that's what I think of when I think of a cleric. It's a really good series. You all should listen to it. Or not listen to it. Read it. (laughs) They can listen to it. They can. That's true. The audiobooks are actually pretty good. This one, I don't don't know if people are going to know this one, but if any of the listeners or if any of you have played... Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic, you might be familiar with a character by the name of Jolie Bindo. And by the lack of response, I'm assuming none of you know who that no. is. No. No idea. I have yeah, the email. I've right. never played it. Bro. Okay, it's all right. We'll have to play it sometime. But um, he's, he's kind of a... He is a Jedi. But he he's not... He's more of a spiritual Jedi, you could say. Um, specializes a lot in kind of like healing properties, things like that, and just kind of assists more than actually like taking things on in the front lines. So that one's, mm. I'm not sure how many of our audience is going to know that one, but solid character. Yeah. I've got one. It's a bit of a stretch. Um, Shadow Heart in Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, that's because he's literally a cleric. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's a stretch. I, yeah, um, I, no, that's not true. <laughs> so I just Googled a couple of pop culture things saying pop culture thing as D&D classes. And this one person is making an argument that Harry Potter is a cleric. No, 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 no. no? Harry no. Potter is a sorcerer. Actually, speaking of Harry Potter, he goes to wizard sorcerer. Madam he goes Palm to wizard Free. school. I, Madam Pomfrey from Harry Potter, though, she I would argue she would be a cleric, though. Yeah, Madam Pomfrey would be a cleric. Real. It's just so hard. It's so hard to find examples because I feel like they're a little under um, represented. Another one I can think of is Friar Tuck from Robin Hood. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The ultimate cleric. Yeah. Um, um, Kendall, what do you think of Alina Starkov? Oh my gosh, you're so right. 
Okay, I was like, I'm reading an epiphany. You read those books, right? I've seen the show and I read the first book. What book? I need to write read the other ones. Um, the Shadow and Bone series. Oh, okay. Oh, I like the show. Alina and yeah, Alina Starkov is definitely a cleric. Well, those were my two contributions. <laughs> I think the nice. only also, go ahead. I was gonna say Shira is He Man's twin sister. You really don't know who she is. Oh, okay. I'm gonna, I'm if you say He Man, I know the show He Man. Well, with He Man in it. So upset about this for days. And they're a barbarian. Okay. Um, Miss Frizzle. <laughs> Miss Frizzle is a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> School of Illusion Wizard. Uh, <laughs> true story. Uh, oh, uh, Hacksaw Ridge. Let's go back there. Um, Desmond T. Doss, the main character played by Andrew Garfield. Yeah, that is a cleric. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a cleric. Yeah. Um, any. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of different ones. If you guys know any like pop culture clerics. Uh, let us know. Maybe that will be the question of the week. Um, what are some pop culture mm-hmm. clerics you guys know? Um, but I think any anything else before we wrap up the episode, I th- feel like we did I was, talked about a lot of it. So clerics are mm-hmm. dope, dude. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, clerics are versatile. On the scale of left being wizards, right being barbarians, and the melee spellcasters, where would we put? A general, like, and we're not going specifics, but like, generally, where would you put a cleric? Middle right. If right is a wizard, middle um, right. Yep. Yeah, if right is a wizard. Okay. Ooh. Anyone else I might, disagree with I might that? Put them like, I might put them almost like right next to wizards. That far? I don't know. I've, I've, it's, I don't know if it's like, probably not right next to them, but definitely much closer to the, the wizard than it is to the middle. Okay. Okay. See, I agree with, I agree with Kendall because they're not, they, they can do some damage when they hit basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not a pure yeah. spell casting class. So I'd put them probably middle, right. If right being wizard. Um, yeah. Same. All right. Yeah. And also there are supports too. So I feel like if you're a support that automatically puts you towards the middle. Yeah, they're like the pure support class. They don't have to be supports. Nope, they have to be. If you don't play support, you're not playing with me. The only support Lyria gives is guidance. (laughs) And maybe some encouraging words. When she daps up her brother. When she daps up her brother. (laughs) For guidance. Yeah, that's how she casts guidance. She daps me up. And notice how we say you because you're the only one who gets it. Anyway, yeah. we're we're ending. We're, we're done here. <laughs> yeah, you and you and hey, Rachel actually really enjoys D&D now. So I'm really glad. And I'm I'm working on your guys' story a lot more than I have been. So there's gonna be a lot coming. So, um, wait, I have a I have two things I want to okay. say. So I don't have characters that I could reference in pop culture, but I have vines okay. that, give, <laughs> that give off cleric energy. Okay, so there's the one classic where this guy from off screen comes in and says, I am disgusted. I am revolted. I have dedicated my entire life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And this is the thanks I get. And he crawls into the dryer. That one, of course. Um, and then there's the that one. Either. That's like my favorite one. I anyway, remember it. Don't worry. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and then there, uh, I want a church girl who goes to church and read her Bible. That one. I love that one. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, that was no, 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 no. That's good. No, that was good. I've never. Okay, I, I don't know. The I have the power of God and anime on my side. Yeah. There you go. You're right. Well. I think that's where we end the episode. Um, thank you guys so much for coming out. That was a fun one. And I hope we helped you enlighten you a little bit more on our view of clerics and implement a little bit different things into your, your next cleric that you build. Um, if you like the episode, make sure to rate it five stars. That really, really helps us a ton. Boost our status in the algorithm uh, on Spotify. And also, we are now on Apple Podcast. So, oh. 
go ahead and follow us on Apple Podcasts. And I believe you can like write reviews and stuff. So go write reviews and like us on that as well. Go follow us on Apple uh, Apple Podcasts. We're going to be going out to some other podcasts as well. But um, like us, yes, that's now we go to, and I say if you have any comments, suggestions for episodes or questions you want to ask, um, if you're my mom or anyone who has my number, feel free to call me because that's that's what happens. Um, it's hilarious and I love it. But since most of the listeners don't have my number, make sure to email us at beyondthetavernwall at gmail.com. Uh, we check that. I make sure I am constantly looking at my email because I have to look at my email for work and I'm addicted. Uh, so make sure you guys give us that and we'll give a response back. Um, follow us on Instagram and TikTok at beyond the tavern wall. G- Beyond the Tavern Wall, not at gmail.com, just beyond the Tavern Wall. And as always, the most important thing and the way that you guys can help us out the most is by sharing with those that you know, those that you love, and anything like that. And I think I haven't given one in a while. So are you guys okay if I give one? So I give a, uh, a task. A, a, I mean, can I we call guess. these quests? Yeah. <gasps> yes. Side these we, are side have, we have a side quest for you guys. Okay, your side quest quest your side quest is to share with someone who has a Costco membership. Ooh. I work okay. there. Yep, Haley, you have to share it with everyone you see at Costco. Phil already does that. Phil. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for coming out. Let's give our final goodbyes. Bye, everyone. Play Paladin. It's better. No, play Cleric. Goodbye. Play Ranger. Play Rogue.